0: Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have lived almost all of my life in Texas. I went away for a few years for college and a few more years for graduate school and my first job. But then I came back. And because I grew up here in Texas, I have found that I say y'all all the time. I even write it in my emails. I have found it to be a useful word. I want to talk to several of you. And to make that clear, I talk to y'all. I write to y'all. I talk to y'all. In fact, in my Greek class at seminary way up in Ohio, where they don't say y'all all all the time, my professor let me use the word y'all in my translations when I was translating a plural you. There's lots of them in Greek, and there's not a proper plural you in English. So many, many of my translations looked very Texan in that way. And I find it is useful to be able to distinguish between singular and plural yous, you and y'all, when we're reading the gospel because so often So often when Jesus is speaking or when Paul is writing to the churches and he says, you, he means y'all, all all y'all. He says it in the plural, but we read it in the singular, and that can change everything about how we understand what God has to say to us. Take this gospel for an example. It begins with Jesus saying, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. An important text, one that has been put into songs, that has been probably embroidered on pillows, that has meant a lot to so many, and for good reason. But Jesus didn't say, do not let singular you, plural hearts be troubled. At least the way that it's written down in John, he said, do not let y'all's heart be troubled. Plural y'all, singular heart. Changes the message a little bit. Do not let y'all's heart be troubled, he says, and he says to them when they have questions about what is coming next, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. How does this change things when we hear Jesus say to us, not one-on-one individually, don't let your specific individual heart be troubled, but don't let y'all's collective heart be troubled. I think it makes it a little easier to find the way. Jesus is telling his disciples and through them he is telling the church throughout all ages you are together. All y'all share a heart rooted in me. All share a heart rooted in who Jesus is and in the promise of salvation. Certainly, there is trouble ahead. Jesus said these things the night before, the night he was betrayed. There was trouble directly ahead for him and all his followers. And in the course of beginning the church, more trouble would come. Our first lesson today is from. The martyrdom of Stephen, a man who told the Jewish authorities his understanding of God and of Jesus and salvation, and because of it, was killed. So when you are troubled, when you are facing trouble, remember that you are all together in me, and do not let your heart, the foundation of your faith, be too worried." The very earliest followers called themselves people of the way. Not Christians, not yet. They were people of the way. People who journeyed together, who worked together to follow their way, Who is Jesus. Jesus is the way, he says. That's an odd thing for a person to say they are because a way is a path, a journey, not an individual stopping point or a singular person. If Jesus is the way and we are followers of that way, then we are called to follow Jesus and to follow his footsteps, to act like him. Now that is a pretty big ask, to love like Jesus did, to care like Jesus did, to go out to the outcast, the untouchables like Jesus did, to forgive like Jesus did. That is how we follow the way, and none of us, none of us can do this alone. None of us are Jesus. None of us can be perfect in how we follow his way. And none of us can have every day where we are able to follow in Jesus' footsteps. But Jesus reminds us, your heart is one. You aren't following this way alone. You are following this way together the earliest disciples, the earliest iteration of the church was focused on gathering together, worshiping together, eating together, sharing everything they had together because they knew the only way to follow the way was in community. Even those who went out for a spiritual life out in the desert, out alone, eventually found that it was better to follow that fully spiritual life in community. That's where monasteries came from. First individuals tried it and then they found that they needed community to better follow Jesus, to better follow his way. And so now, thousands of years later, we still share that one collective heart. And we are still called to not let our heart be troubled when we face the sin and the brokenness of this world. When we face violence in our neighborhoods. When we face sickness and death when we face just an overwhelming amount of trouble in our own lives and in our own ways, we are called back to community. We are called to gather together because we cannot follow this way on our own. We cannot forgive the way we should on our own. We cannot love the way we should when we feel broken and alone. So instead, we gather together. We find rest in that communal heart. We find rest that is rooted in Jesus. We find strength to follow the way. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Powerful words, heavy words. Jesus is the way, he is the way that we are to follow, the way that we are to be. And in following Jesus's way, in following in his footsteps, we learn God's truth. The more I have studied scripture, the more time I have spent in community with the church, the more I have learned God's love for all of creation, for all people. In fact, tomorrow we celebrate the um, Saint Julian of Norwich who had visions that told her that Christ's way was pure, unadulterated, incomparable love. I have many, many more years, I hope, in following this way and being with this community and I expect I will learn that truth in more and deeper ways from all of those around me and I hope you do too. We follow Jesus' way, we learn God's truth, God's love for all of creation, and then we have life. Things change when we are in community. Things change when we are following Christ our Savior. And now we know that there is life. Life even in the face of trouble. Life, even in the face of the weight of the world, of sin and evil and brokenness, there is more. Victims of violence are in God's arms even as we speak. Those of us who are grieving rest in God's heart, even through our grief, and carry the hope. The hope that this is not the end, the hope that there is more to come, there is life to come to help us and strengthen us through this way. When Jesus said all these things, he was gathered with his disciples around a meal. They were scared. They were uncertain. They had no idea what their future held, but the things that Jesus was telling them were mostly unsettling things about how he was going to his death. They knew, they knew that people wanted to kill their teacher and their friend. Jesus told them be together, do not let y'all's heart be troubled. Believe in God and in me, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those words and those promises helped that community to begin to carry through the troubles that they would face. They help us too, to face the troubles of this world and to follow in Jesus' way, rather than the world's way to know the truth of God's love, and to have hope, hope in abundant life here and forever in God's arms. Amen.